We've all had an experience of hearing or reading a story where we got to a certain point and there was a suspension. We were in suspense. Perhaps as a little child, we said to our parents or to whoever was reading to us, how does it end? Will she escape from the wicked witch? Do they live? Do they live? We wanted to know the end of the story. Perhaps we've sometimes had to resist the temptation to go to the end of the book and read it to find out, of course, knowing that that would spoil it. The history of the world is God's great story, God's great literary work, in which each and every one of our individual stories is inserted. God, as the author of history, or as the author of this world, knows the end of the story. The book, in a certain sense, is already on his shelf. But we, as the individuals, not just hearing the story, listening to it, or reading it, but actual characters in it, are still not sure of our own personal end in that story. We've all read a book and we're wondering if the person's going to get knocked off. Are they going to make it to the end? But what we do know about the great book of history and of this world is how it does end. Perhaps we've gotten to a point in a story and we can figure it out, even though we don't know all the details and how all the things are going to end, we can pretty much guess what it's going to be. That's certainly the case in the fairy tale. Ask any one of you, you can probably say, well, it's probably going to end something like, and they all live happily ever after. The fairy tale, though, actually gets to the heart of reality. Even though here in this world, there, is a never, there never is a happily ever after. The fairy tale touches upon something in each and every one of us, a desire for unending happiness, a desire to be completely fulfilled. That's the end of God's great literary work. Those who are with him in heaven live happily ever after. All right, what does that have to do with today and the Feast of the Ascension? The Ascension is a glimpse for us. It is a foretaste. It is a great hint in the great work of salvation pointing to the ultimate salvation God has for his people. The Feast of the Ascension is a great feast of hope. It's hope for us that we too are called to eternal life. We too are called to that happily ever after with Christ. We heard in the second reading from the, uh, from the letter to the Ephesians from Paul who spoke about what does it mean that Christ ascended if it doesn't mean that he first descended, that he took on our human nature, that he entered into the lower regions of this world, that he entered into our human story so that our human story could be caught up 
into God's, God's eternity. Jesus takes a human body into heaven so that we might have the hope that where he has gone, as we heard in the opening prayer, in the, where our head has gone, the body may follow. We as his mystical body. Now, another phrase we heard in that letter to the Ephesians was that Christ gave gifts when he entered into his glory. Even though he leaves us, he leaves us with great gifts. What are those gifts? The gift of the Holy Spirit. We'll celebrate next Sunday, Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is sometimes simply called the gift. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into the knowledge and deeper love of Christ. But Christ also left us his own mother. Think about it. Mary had been through a traumatic period with her son at Calvary. She had interiorly died with Christ. I'm sure our Lord in his human nature and in his heart would have wanted to bring his mother with him to heaven right away. Yet he made that sacrifice of leaving her with us. Another one of the gifts of his ascension. So that she could nurture and care for the church just as she had nurtured and cared for his own physical body. Mary, we see, and we will see next week, is with the apostles and disciples in the upper room, waiting for the outpouring of the Spirit. Mary remains for those years to strengthen the apostles, to be their great prayer warrior, even though they have to go out and leave her and the teaching we will see them being strengthened still by her as they perform and fulfill their mission given them by Christ. Even though it's not one of the gifts of the ascension per se, this fact of Mary being given as a gift of the ascension as a mother reminds us of the very fact that our own mothers, our earthly mothers, are gifts from God. They too are a reminder that while God is far off in his heavens, he has given us a love that incarnates, that makes concrete his love for us. One of the things Jesus did when he go, went to heaven also as another gift of the ascension was to prepare a place for us. If I do not go, I cannot prepare a place for you. But if I go, I will prepare a place for you so that where I am, you also may be. This reveals the deep love of Christ that he wants to prepare a home for us. And it reminds us too that the mother, our earthly mother in a very real way, is the central point, the, the heart of the home the heart where the home is orbiting around or centered around. 
Now, it's important also on Mother's Day to also remember that not everybody's experiences are always happy or the best even around their mothers. You know, at at, at holidays and and, um, feasts, Christmas, Easter, others, ones, they can be moments when we remember hurts as well. The same is true with Mother's Day. Our earthly mothers, as good as they may be, may have had some flaw, some weakness, something that we feel a pain or a hurt. And it's important to acknowledge that on this day as well, uh, for several reasons. One, that we might be able to first acknowledge it, and then, more importantly, to be able to forgive them. To be able to acknowledge that they carried their own cross, their own weakness, their own scars in life. For those who have lost a mother, perhaps, or a grandmother, or someone who was very dear and was a mother like to them, too, it's important on this day to remember them in prayers, though we can't reach out and say, I love you, give them flowers, or something that is tangible in that way, our prayers, nevertheless, are a way of reaching out and saying to them, I love you. A mother, in a very real way, reflects a deep part of God's heart that no one else can. God made man and woman in his image, but individually, neither of them can completely reflect the love of God. Together they more perfectly reflect that love to the world. And the love of a mother, in particular, expresses that deep love of God that never forgets us. One of the most beautiful passages, I think, in the Old Testament is where God says, even if a mother should forget her child, Would I forget you? God's love is like that of a mother's, or a mother's love reflects like love of God. Now, besides leaving us his mother, Jesus also gave us another mother, the church. Now, sometimes it's hard to think of the the church as a mother. And this is, again, another one of the gifts of the ascension, that by his leaving, the church is then able to go out into the world, the apostles. We sometimes think of the church as an institution, or we think of the church as the sum and total of all of her members. But those are only parts or imperfect visions of the church. The church is never separated from Christ. It is his body. It is his spouse. But the Holy Spirit is the life and the soul of the church as well. So the church is both human and divine. She is a reality that is like no other reality in the world. And she is our mother. Christ, our Lord, gave himself for his bride on the cross. And he made us, each and every one of us, her children. Now, we can talk about the church spread throughout the world, but the church also in our local community, 
the diocesan church, and our parish church. These are our immediate connection points with our mother. Now, on Mother's Day, and I hope for all the youngsters here, they've thought of something to give to their mothers or something to do for their mothers, certainly something to say to their mothers. But we should also think, what can we do for our Heavenly Mother, for Mary, and for the church? What way can we show a sign of love? At the end of this homily, we'll end with that prayer to Our Lady, the Hail Mary, for all of our mothers and to honor our Blessed Mother. But there's one particular way that we have an opportunity today to honor our Mother, the Church, in the local community. And that is, each Mother's Day, we take up a collection for the needs of the Church. Today is for our organ fund, meaning our musical organ, not not the physical organs. Okay, so I kind of laughed as I was thinking about how I needed to talk to you about this because we don't have any music at the 7.30 Mass. I'm like, well, I'm talking to the people, like, they might be saying, well, how does this benefit me? You know, I maybe only hear the organ twice a year. Uh, but actually, there's something very, very similar to how we can think about how we honor our earthly mothers. We shouldn't just think about when we give a gift to our earthly mother, how does this benefit me, or what do I get from this? But what is it that pleases my mother? The most important instrument in the Catholic Church is not the organ, but the human voice. The human voice, because it is directly created by God and directly meant to praise God, is the greatest of instruments. But because of history and uh, the church's tradition, the organ is the second most important instrument in the church. It is what we might call a sacred instrument. While there are elements of it that have been, that have come from secular music to develop this instrument, it has specifically become and predominantly used in the worship of God. So I ask you today to consider, even though you may not benefit to give to this, uh, to this uh, collection as a way of honoring your mother, the church. There are many other important ways as well. But now let us turn to our blessed mother. For all our mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, all those who were and are in our lives, and to honor the mother of Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May she do that. May she pray for us. May she intercede for us, now and at the hour of our death, so that we might participate in the fruits that Jesus has won by his ascension.